Hello and welcome to another episode of the Laura Sanzo podcast with your host, Laura Sanzo. Everyone's perception of the world is different based on their model of the world, and her goal is to celebrate that by building the most inclusive self-development podcast. Laura and her guests share their stories and share invaluable strategies from the world of science, spirituality, business, health, personal relationships, and everything in between. We cover it all. Get inspired, learn to welcome adversity, understand the failures only feedback, and get ready to hear discussion on some of the most important issues facing us today. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Laura Sanso podcast. Today, we are looking at the world through the eyes of Mishka Subert, who's a speaker and autism inclusion advocate, founder of Happy Autism and Ability and SIP Relationship Coach. And she has a bunch of so many amazing credentials that we're going to talk about in a few minutes. But welcome. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm so happy to be here. It's so exciting to chat. We've been members of each other's community for a year at least now. And you do such incredible work. And myself being in this community for now, my son will be 12 and he was flagged at once. So over a decade, it's such an honor and almost like a proud mama, even though I'm not your mama, um, (laughs) of the incredible work that you do as a sibling. And before we get into everything, that's so important for me because in addition to having a son on the spectrum, I have a daughter who is neurotypical. And I understand because they were both so young. And she actually just said this to me yesterday, how her entire life was revolved around him and going to therapy and going to a doctor's appointments and going to everything that was catered around him. So I really respect the journey that you've been on because I'm witnessing it also as a parent. So much respect to you because I know it's as much as it's not easy being a parent of a neurodivergent, it's I think harder to be a sibling. So, but there's so much joy that comes along with it as well. So we'll talk about both aspects of that. So and we're going to talk about Samco, of course, your brother as well. But t- if tell us a little bit, if you can, about Happy Autism and how that okay. started. How did how did you go from being the sibling and what that looked like to building a brand around it and even bigger than a brand, just being in so much servantship to others? Thank you very much for all the acknowledgement, first of all. Uh, that's what we need, siblings. We acknowledge <laughs> ourselves and from parents so and the world. So thank you so much for that, for, for me and for other siblings also. Um, and yes, and moms have it very hard also, you know, like not also, yeah. moms have it so hard. And that's why I the work that I do, I do for families. I always say that happy autism is like, you know, talk about our community. I talk about global family. So I say, welcome to Happy Autism family, right? Mm-hmm. And you're proud of this family. So I'm very grateful for that because we support families. We talk to moms, we talk to siblings, we talk to autistic self-advocates. You know, I learned so much from them. I learned so much from my brother and we talk to fathers. Um, so, you know, everyone, even grandparents, like, you know, it's t- teachers, therapists, everyone. Like, honestly, it's big family and it's not just about you know, being the, the blood family, it's like really, truly like the whole yeah. community that it's so important for us. So we're very focused on each person. So happy autism, I'm going to say, I was asked on the radio interview, like, why happy autism? Like, why happy the world? And well, we are from Slovakia, but we are called happy autism internationally, because we're global, global international, not just brand, but family, as I say. Yeah. And for me, autism is not just in our country, it's everywhere, right? And so I'm very kind of like the voice for it with my brother together. 
all around the world. And that is important for me. And the word happy is inspired by my brother. So there are two ways of this, of why we're called this name. First of all, it was the simplest. I was like, what represents us and our mission? Like, I'm so happy he's in my life. He's happy that I'm in his life. He brings so much happiness to enjoy, as you mentioned, to my life and mutually. And he taught me so many important things, like what is true unconditional love. He taught me how to be more human, how mm. to, I became bigger, bigger warrior and kind of like the advocate for rights, for justice, for, for became more compassionate, bigger advocate for my own needs, true. And for mental health, for families. So there's so many things he brought to my life. And that's why it was kind of in honor for him and for how he made my life happier on a deeper level. Yes, challenging, but deep, like on many levels, but I would not change anything. Like I honestly tell him every single day, he's the biggest love of my life. I always tell him that for 20 years. And he just like brings me so much joy. I just look at him and his smile just makes my day brighter. And the second meaning is, or like the second part, it's what we focus on the future, what we build it together. And that is creating happier future for, for autism community, for autism families and people, you know, that are autistic and just advocating for them, for siblings, for moms, for everyone and creating this happier future together. I love that because of course, being an autism mom, I speak to many other autism moms and parents and single-handedly that's I think always their number one concern because you know it's one thing to advocate when you're here but when you're no longer here you can obviously cannot advocate for them so I know that's always their biggest concern is what happens after that fact right and I know there's a a percentage I think I saw it on your website actually about how many siblings are actually become the the caregivers to their siblings yes what would you say to either a parent or a sibling that's going to listen that is going to be like, yes, that's definitely my biggest fear in the sense of when, you know, their parents are no longer living. And yeah. what is the biggest fear? Yeah. For both, uh, I mean, I'll be honest with you, many siblings fear the same things as parents and moms, right? Especially yeah. we've talked like women, because I talk to a lot of women, but also men, right? But it's not like exclusive female community. No, it's not. But biologically speaking, kind of maybe uh, society speaking, uh, women, we are just wired to be kind of like have this maternal instinct yeah so even like very early and when i talk to siblings that i do and it's like we are siblings in back of our head subconsciously all the time and no matter where i am always so i always pay attention is my brother okay is is it fine when he's like i was doing uh, instagram live with an amazing sibling who she was taught and she's an adult and we were talking about this and Samka was in the room. I was alone with him at a time because my mom had to go to the doctor, like as I was speaking. And I told her, see, this is what I do my whole life. For 20 years, I always look at yeah. him if it's okay. I'm checking on him, checking on him all the time. I hear him in his next room. And it's like, and that's what I realized with other siblings. I was on a call with another sibling. Her mom was there. She's 16. And she was checking always like we were listening. She was always checking with her eyes and looking at her sibling. Yeah. younger sibling so that fear and the checking and then things like worry is there and that's what we need to talk about and support those relationships and that's why we need to talk about the future unfortunately many parents are not scared maybe are they are scared but they reject to talk about 
they reject it. They don't want to have this conversation about future. And that's one of the big complaints from my parents who are adults who have fed their families and they want to have this conversation about what's the future going to look like. We need to know. Yeah. And they don't want to talk about it. My mom and I started having this conversation last year. We we already had we had this conversation many times, right? But kind of like very important, like my brother is 20, what is going to this future look like and so on, talking guardianship, core guardianships, like all the kind of stuff, legal stuff, having the money talk, having like responsibilities talk, like all the stuff is so important. And those there's uh, and, and, and the expectations from parents versus expectations from siblings. It's very hard to have this conversation because obviously parents don't want to burden the sibling but at the same time well it depends who because some of them are expecting straight away that if you're a sibling your role is to we have neighbors like that if you're yeah. a sibling your role is to take care of your sibling for the rest of your life mm -hmm. and we don't care what you have to say which is unhealthy because that creates you know resentment between the siblings and this is not just this is not just between neurodivergent or autistic uh, yeah. siblings this is also between a neurotypical i just so, realized yeah not an easy conversation to have regardless yeah so I this conversation that. needs to be uh, had and without kind of like with the intention to allow each other have their own free will as a human mm -hmm. because that's human right and i'm advocating for human rights at the end of the day so which I realized that's why I really wrote in the intro of the book also introduction that this is our birthright to have our own voice and, and choice so it's important right to to communicate that I love that you had that conversation with your mom so you brought up the book so let's talk about it book the title is mother's guide to sibling relationships navigating the sibling relationship on a journey with autism so how did that how did that come to be it was so first i'll be honest with you it's like it's everything went naturally but it was a very big moment for me i was creating course which is called happy autism sibling guide it's for parents um you know to to navigate this uh journey and we had amazing amazing reveals because i do also like group coaching calls on this and we have intimate uh, very beautiful moments and we go deeper into our own like on of the like deeper stuff of like traumas and pain that we project onto relationship of those siblings of our of the children and it's and so many beautiful revelations come up it's it's been one of the most beautiful journey it's not easy to do even for me to be so seen and to go out and talk about those stuff but it's the most rewarding thing i've ever done honestly to heal and support other in their healing and, and happiness but and since we had this course i wanted to make it more for, because you know the, the course is one thing and and since i have a group coaching call it's very intimate and not everyone is ready so i was re realizing that everyone's ready to go so deep and to work on this together mm -hmm. and if you're coaching and stuff so i told to myself i want to make this accessible to everyone that wants to and needs this access how can i make this accessible for the whole world and you know just reach bigger audience and how can i take this uh information and the research i've done backed with like the research how can i find research from other specialists that have phds and in, in this and are doing this work for a long time from universities all around the world how can i support and give this those needs and what our experiences kind of like big check mark and saying yes this is legit and this is this is important it was very healing for me it was like a therapy i had the most amazing 
editor from Canada, Savannah Hayes, and she is, she goes, she's got a bachelor's degree in psychology. So she was supporting me with the amazing research, but also with her kind and compassionate love. And she creates safe space for me to share those things and also to support not just myself as saying, yes, this is the evidence. If I felt like I needed an evidence for myself yeah. or siblings to be like, yeah, it's legit. And so that's how I, we birthed this book together. I wouldn't be able to do it without her. And because that's why I still had to learn how to ask for help which was one of the big lessons and that was when I talk about this. So that's how it was birthed and, and it reached the whole world. Where can everyone find it in addition to your website? Is it just on the website? It's on the website is Amazon. So if you just search for this long, very long title. <laughs> we'll put <laughs> the it in the show guide. notes. <laughs> yes, the mother's got so much. So it's on Amazon. It's accessible to the whole world. We have the book is being sold in Japan, France, Canada, America, UK, everywhere around the world. So yeah. So I want to talk about you specifically for a second. So you are a certified life coach. Yes. Trained in NLP. I know that for sure because we have conversations about that. You're a professional international speaker and a consultant. So how do you, you talked about having the group coaching sessions. What does it look like how you support both parents, siblings, families of autism through your coaching, through your speaking? You do such, we talked about this in the beginning, some, so much incredible work. People could see more on, on Happy Autism website. But how do you hybrid both of them and really allow yourself to serve others and bring in all the modalities and all your training and your expertise? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. It's it's all started kind of like building up on each other. It's yes. first so it's it was really like for me, the whole thing is being birthed as we go and it's like aligning and one thing is connecting to another. As I'm seeing, I'm listening. The biggest thing for me is listening. I'm that's why my brother taught me. Uh, through through his nonverbal communication, which is fantastic, is how to become bigger listener and be more empathetic. So I hear and see things that you know through this nonverbal communication in people, and I just really had to like listen. And I was listening, reading what people were saying. They were sharing siblings started sharing stuff with me that I never that they never shared with anyone else, and they never saw. And it was also my kind of own healing was coming out. I was starting sharing sibling diaries, which was very hard for me. It was, I think, back in 2019, 20. And it was about sharing my thoughts of my 12-year-old self, like healing my inner child and giving her voice. And, and feeling like I was a burden for my mom because if I wasn't perfect, if I caused one thing, like silly, maybe when I look at it now, it's a silly thing that I didn't make my bed or like was, you know, had a little mess on my bed. I was, my mom had like emotional breakdown, not from this, but she wasn't, it was my emotional breakdown. She was so stressed because at the time my brother was back being diagnosed. So I thought it's my fault that she's angry and she's stressed. And I was, so all those kind of things and emotion, I started sharing like publicly on our social media, which was big thing. I started getting reactions from siblings saying, I needed to hear this because not even my therapist like understands this. No one understands. It's like I went to therapy and they told me I should be fine. Like, how can I have depression? How can I have anxiety? How can I have PTSD? How can I have emotional neglect trauma? Like, no one talks about this. You and should be happier than neurotypical. Yes, you're neurotypical. Right? You shouldn't have any problems. And that is yeah. a big mindset. It's like you shouldn't have problems or needs, loud needs, because mm. you you don't have special needs. Your needs are not mm. special. You have it so easy. That's so powerful. Uh, so this is big mindset that not only the society says, but also we have an imprint in our minds, in our own minds as siblings. So yeah. it's very interesting. And that's how it all started together. 
and it just went naturally with my speaking also which i'm very grateful for that i can I could speak around all around different places on different topics whether it's how to support neurodivergent people uh through employment since i created a business model for happy autism where my brother could have his own responsibilities and you know learn maybe in his own way how to earn money and understand what this is to have given you know and receive the kind of service how he can be of service also and how he can benefit from this and be empowered and then creating non-governmental organization where we do bigger things with other big organizations like autism europe we did uh, which is uh, autism europe is one of the biggest associations in europe for autism and they have around 90 members from all around the world 90 member organizations and i became one of the members and i went to their congress in poland and we were yeah. having big conversations about how we can change policies around european union around autism and how we actually did a fundraiser for ukraine and their families and so with the uh, ukrainian foundation that is actually run by a sibling so so you can see like the connection is max big and we yeah. all connect with the same mission so you talked a little bit about the companies that you speak for and such so how does it feel when you're recognized in like american forbes when um, celebrities wear your brand and bring up brand awareness like how does it is it like pinch me moments like like this is really happening i really have this voice it it's very magical it's like a miracle and my grandma always says it's it's very pinch me moment i absolutely it's yeah well i cried right <laughs> when ben affleck was showing my brother's t-shirts and praising it on national television it's like yeah i love it it's absolutely beautiful i'm like what and that was in the beginnings before happy autism was born it was just an idea to put my brother's art on a t-shirt so people can see it and so it's not just hanging inside a walls of a house like hidden isolated mm. like we were but to go and show yes. it to the world and show his version of like what of himself what he is not just like projection of autism what people think but have his own voice being heard and seen and being visible and showing the ability as i call it so seeing ability and disability that is the mindset and that's how we went and before I even knew what the, what I'm sharing now, it was something that was inside of me. And I just talked about it with passion and love and people that are kind and loving were supporting this and are supporting now. So it's all about community and, and this bigger family. So that's how we all went together. And my grandma always said, taught me when I was a child that if you have good intentions, the whole heaven will come to support you oh, and, wow. and support you in making this happen and, and supporting your mission. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about Sanko. Yes. Um, so he is your brother. How old is he now? So he's 20. I'm 29. So there's this like nine year wow. uh, gap. Yeah. And he turned 20 and he is wonderful. You know, like the Sanko is, he's going to come and say hi also. He's next door. He's listening to music. He loves watching. I heard that um, one of the moms taught me that this is something that other children do. So if, and, and she was felt like uh, kind of uh, calmer when she saw that my brother does this. Uh, Samco does one thing for everyone that my <laughs> kind of like align with the same thing. So Samco is obsessed with music. Number one thing for him is music. So mm -hmm. he's watching his superpower. Another superpower is fantastic visual memory. And he's watching YouTube videos. And since he cannot read, he knows each song and video based on thumbnail. And oh, wow. yes, and he's always repeating the same part of the song a hundred times, but he knows exactly to the second how to go back to that part of the song. 
and he knows exactly how to go from one video to another video if i deleted his whole history and create a new account he knows how to get to that song that he wants that i didn't want him to listen because it was so annoying (laughs) (laughs) and he was like kind of like overstimulating him but he's stubborn he found his own way so he's so smart (laughs) let's let's talk about his art for a minute so how did that when did he start painting because his heart his art is incredible Thank you. He, he, he is excited when people love his art. So he started painting as a part of art therapy when he was around 12, 13 years old. When he was a teenager at his school, he goes to a school for autistic children and adults. And, and they have this art, there are different therapies and those, this is art therapy. And then what was happening? So when I, we saw like the first paintings, we were shocked since he cannot draw or write, right? So how comes he could paint like with with brush and also his hands? Now he's painting just with his hands, mostly because he he found his own style that he's very confident in and just loves. And it's contradictory because he hates to have dirty hands. He's very clean. He's always like washing his hands. At the same time, he's painting with his hands. So I'm there as an assistant to kind of cleaning his hands all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's an amazing process, but he is the one that is the boss. And when we went through kind of like this journey of mentoring him so i was mentoring him since i was already doing coaching and i realized well let's um do this and i'm telling you why when he said go to this art therapy he then had a different teacher and this different teacher was and this is always shared a story because i want to empower parents always and demand their intuition and siblings of course also because we siblings see many times things that parents don't have time to see are some they're too you know overwhelmed and they might not see so we are like very vocal about stuff and I, and I was very vocal about this because I told my mom, mom, I want this teacher to listen to what Samko wants to do, not to what she wants him to do. So mm-hmm. she wanted him to paint very concrete things like, like a leaf of, uh, you know, on autumn. And he doesn't care about that. He wants it to be abstract. So <laughs> he wasn't, that wasn't him. And I saw this wasn't him because his first painting were abstract. So why we should move to something concrete like sun with a sticky, shiny rays of light, which is five-year-olds, you know, maybe neurotypical paint. So she was almost limiting him. She was limiting him. So I said, I, we had a conversation with her and we said, could we please let Samko do what he wants to do? And she said, yeah, 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 she didn't, but she didn't do it. So, and he felt kind of dismotivated. Dis- she mm. he didn't want to really empowered be there. Yeah, disempowered. So I, I told my mom, no, we're not going to take him to our therapy anymore. And I'm going to, and then COVID came also later on. So he was at home and I was working with him. We spent so much time together. And that's how, how we birthed also happy autism together. We spent so much time. We created things together and we just had so much fun. It was out of joy. We wanted to bring people joy. And when I saw that he, he, he's, first of all, it's on a, you can see this, actually what I'm talking about, you can see for yourself in the second episode of our documentary called Road to Independence is a second episode called Creative Freedom. You will see the beginning of how he didn't trust in himself yeah. and how, how I was communicating with him. I had to learn how to trust in his abilities because I was used to being kind of the caregiver and I'm telling him what to do. So I had to work on myself, enable to, to be able to support him the best way. And this is how I started and we're doing this work also in coaching and so on. But I had to do it myself first yeah. and to understand how to transition from this disempowerment to empowerment and how to let go of this control. And then it became, he became an advocate for colors in our business, AKA the creative director. <laughs> so all branding colors are chosen by him. He approves every single product. He has to, he chose all the colors of all the products that we have with his art. 
and he's got his own commissions art he earns commissions he earns money through paintings and so on different things so we have our own roles what we do and he's got his responsibilities and that really was one of the best decisions ever made because it it really removed so many like like responsibilities from my head and burning out right and he felt so empowered and that really changed our relationship for so much more better because it brought this equality in in ourselves and he felt like a boss and i was like finally you can support me <laughs> after all this time <laughs> and he felt so happy he can support me because he's always happy when he can support us and i love that because i'm sure there's going to be lots of parents that are going to listen to this and you know in addition to that caregiver piece about the future it's also the fear of how are they going to blend into society and will they be able yes. to earn their own have a career or earn their own yes you know fee for themselves per se will they have a relationship what's that going to look like so I love how this is all coming into place for example how you're giving him his responsibility how he's feeling empowered yes I love that that's amazing he's very popular unfortunately uh, even Adobe uh when I was speaking for the uh mm. at the panel and I was the only person they invited outside of the company, which was amazing. And their employees there are actually autistic self-advocates. They chose us as a as one of the kind of, of businesses to look up to for, for inclusion. And that was one of the biggest vulnerable <laughs> thing ever because we love Adobe, it's such a big company and just yeah. creatives. Um but they were sad that Samco couldn't come to <laughs> to just to speaking. So I told them that I would love to visit the, the you know them in person and bring Samco to to offices and and that's like that's what I'm want to do as the next thing to bring him to, uh, as part of the workshop and and really make it very inclusive, very kind of in person and very more impactful than than just you know online because meeting someone in person and actually having that engaging conversation, understanding how to communicate with this person, uh, even though they're they're nonverbal, doesn't mean they don't have voice and they don't listen. He's very very good at listening and paying attention to uh, nonverbal communication and how people say things. So so that's very important. So yeah, he's very popular. He loves the population. <laughs> he loves attention. <laughs> you, it's funny throughout the entire, I guess, because spoken, we've spoken before, but it's almost like everything I'm going to ask, you could lead right into it. I was going to ask, what's next for Happy Autism? So right now, currently, you know, you work with people one-on-one, -on -one, you work with people in groups, you work with people, companies that want to make their workplaces more inclusive and diverse you have products and such. So what is now you speak on global scales, you have these amazing global partnerships as well. You advocate, you're doing amazing work with Ukraine and the autistic families there. So what is next? Like, what is next for happy autism? And we're, especially we're starting a new year. What can we yes. look forward to in 2023 from both from both of you? That's great. Independently. Yes, yes, that's a great, great question. I love how you mentioned all these things. Sometimes I have to look back and and see what we've done, what we achieved, and what I've done with my passion and this work. Yes, so more of everything that we do. <laughs> Hopefully, we we are in talks to do speaking. I would love to do speaking at universities. I would love to travel with Samco and speak at universities for special needs education faculties and and therapists and you know just bring that more to companies and universities and to really show professionals kind of a different way of thinking so they can support families more and definitely i'm going to work more with families and mamas with siblings and do all the amazing things we'll see what you know sometimes i have plans and they become true thank god 
Yeah. And we put in the work, but magic happens when we just go with flow. And I decided to be more open. And this year I decided also to support myself in my own career more and dreams. So I am more fulfilled and more excited when I do happy autism. So I decided to take a little break and take things slowly because I went fully in for two years during COVID and so on. I went so much fully in that I started having this, you know, as you were talking about your daughter, uh, that you know, the mindset of siblings is just mindset, it's it's life that a lot of our life revolves around our sibling. And yeah. my mom was warning me, don't feel pressured that you have to do this. She she sold she never asked me to do this, right? It was my own idea. And she said, I know you want to support the whole world, but you need to think about your own mm-hmm. mental health, your own life and your own joys your own projects your own life so and balance it out so you're happy and fulfilled and i said yes you're right so i was started focusing on that so i can be super fulfilled and excited to do any work with happy autism and it doesn't have to and it doesn't burden me in uh, emotionally and mentally but this is a life mission it's not gonna go anywhere it's just i decided to slow down and just really just kind of like take the natural lead and and just enjoy my time with my brother because that's the most important for me to have fun with my brother because that's when all the magic happens and that is a priority for me always to make it fun and enjoyable for both of us and i think that's a great lesson for us and families because you know a lot of our lives are centered around ieps and therapy and you know all these things and i think we really forget to have fun and I know that at one point in our lives, I was like, no more therapy, not for a while. And we're just going to focus on being in the moment and being a family and, and having fun. So I love that point because I think for a lot of autistic families, especially since, you know, we can't just necessarily just walk into a restaurant or just book a vacation. Everything has to be so routine and precise and scheduled and, you know, done with intention and you can't really be in the moment necessarily. But I love that point in the sense of just, if you can't necessarily be in the moment freely, but just focus on joy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Focus on joy. That I love what you just said. Focus on joy and be in the moment. Any parent that's going to listen to this or any sibling that, you know, they can't necessarily see what you see in the sense of, you know, that support and that, that community and such. And right now they may be feeling alone. Maybe they're in the beginning of their journey. Maybe their kids yeah. are just getting diagnosed or flagged or such more so for younger kids, you know, your brother, Sam goes 20. So let's talk to the parents that are going to listen and they're, they have youngins, you know, two, three, four and such where they're just beginning their journey. And you talked about inner child work. So I guess we'll reverse it a little bit and just be the eyes for them in the sense of what would you say to them to let them know that it's okay. I would say one would think that ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask help, even though in my, I know that some families experience this and I understand this. We were very isolated in the beginning and, but we still, you know, ask for help, but still we felt very alone in this. We didn't know much. My parents didn't know much. And, um, their parents and families that don't have, they're either from separated families or they don't have support from their own families. Please still do ask for help, find communities. They're amazing people that their online communities. My mom didn't have this access. And sometimes this makes me really emotional when I'm part of amazing events like Jamie Lynn Brown's Intentional Mama community. And when I go and speak for her mamas, for her virtual retreats, what she's doing as a mother and 
this is not planned shouted by the way <laughs> this is not planned it's just i really appreciate all the moms like you you know having a space podcast shout out to you also and big shout out to you because you know i, I talk to so many moms that have communities have space create space for each other for it to be heard and seen have podcasts have blogs facebook groups this is this is what we need. We need to be part of community. So that's why I talk about all about community because we need to have people around ourselves that understand the journey. I'm part of sibling group that is close just for siblings. Yeah. And siblings share things that they don't share with anyone else. And that's why also in my book, there are anonymous you know, sharings because I know they don't feel safe, many of them sharing this to the world. Some of them they do and they are vocal and they have groups. So yes, let's do this. Whether it's autism or special needs families or any disability, let's just support each other and please, and let's not be in these silly wars that are our internet, which are pointless because we need to unite and not be separated from each other. And we need to listen to each other's perspectives without judgment and just have safe spaces where we can be free to be expressing ourselves. I love that. Is there anything that we may have talked about that you're really called to share? No, I just would, would like to thank you. I'd like to thank, thank you, you for, for inviting me, for uh, creating safe space for me and for being such a big supporter and for all the work you do and for, for creating the space and for creating, you know, and having and, and creating time for to do this. Because I know myself, it's not easy, right, to create time to do this and have and, and strength. So I admire your courage and I'm so grateful that I can be here and reconnected. Thank you. It's such an honor to hold this space with you. So tell us where where we can find all this information in terms of how you work with people, both individuals, groups, and companies, the book, the art, everything. We have uh, one place to go, which is happyautism.co is our website. And I run the website. So if there's something missing, please DM me <laughs> if you want any information. <laughs> so I update it. I try to update as much as possible. You will see our all, all the stuff that we do. And yes, and if you if you want to ask about something that it's not there, but you heard on this interview, please just message me on Instagram at happyautism. And I'm, we always are open on our DMs. We always are responsive. So sometimes it takes a time, but we're always there. So yeah. So come and connect. We'll be happy to connect with you. <laughs> and I love that you're happy autism across the board. So Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, your website keeps it easy, simple. <laughs> yes, 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 absolutely. Should we get Sam Cohen say hi? Do you think he'd be open to it? Yes. Let me let me call him. I'm gonna I'm gonna disappear for a few seconds. Okay. I'm gonna call him. He's the next. He's opening the window now. I can hear that. He loves to open the window and look outside and see what's happening. So I'm gonna. Well, I guess call. you aren't having the same temperatures as us here in Toronto then. So yes. we'll just we'll let our audience know what is happening. Um, Mishka's gonna get her brother Samco, who is going to come and say hi if he's feeling it. If he's not feeling it. Yes, he's coming here. Okay, Samko is coming. Hi, Samko. How are you? Hi. 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 High five. Thank you, Ajay. He's running back to his music. 
that's everything you've got from my brother <laughs> it's okay that was amazing yes i, I just wanted him to have a little 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 cameo and just come and say hi i love how expressive he is he's super expressive he's super happy and he's again jumping on the football and listening to his music but he when he was younger he would not he would have a meltdown if i asked him to turn off the music when he was around 12 and now he even turns it off himself and he and he decides that he's going to go to sleep, for example. At around his sleep time, he decides himself, oh, do you know what? I'm going to go and sleep. And he just does it himself. I'm like, wow, this is shocking for us. So he is absolutely respectful. He has no problem to come and say hi. I was asking for permission, but but I told him that you that you like him. So that uh, <laughs> it's like, this is like, Laura, she loves you and she's the best. You need to come and say hi. And it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how you like throughout the episode, or through our conversation you've made so much reference about how much he has taught you because I say that all the time that you know we have so much to learn from them regardless of where they are on the spectrum just so much to learn from them in terms of just perseverance and you know the things that they need to go through and such and so there's so much to learn from them so I love that you make so much reference to how he has allowed you to heal and grow and expand so I love how there's that mutual mutual energy exchange and reciprocation and such so that's amazing thank you yes it's amazing and he I'm very grateful that he's such an affectionate kissy boy he loves hugs and oh. his hugs are the best always so if I was missing something in my life he really filled my heart with so much love that i was thinking about this yesterday even when my parents separated and so on like you know like if i had some heartache in the past or from some relationships in the past my brother he's there like he's always hugging me and kissing me and giving me so much love with freely that is the yeah. purest love ever so and you need it because you're always filling up other people's cups and supporting yeah. people and showing up for people so your cup needs to yeah. be yes the most full so and if he does that for you that's amazing yes i honestly think his love is the purest mo most unconditional and I'm, I'm grateful for that and yeah he's my little bubble of jolly <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for being here thank you to both of you you do such such incredible work and i'm so excited for more and more people to to know about happy autism and to be part of your community Thank you very much for sharing the space with us. And I'm so excited that some calls came and say hi and we were part of this and let's connect. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. We hope you've enjoyed that episode of the Laura Sanso podcast. Thank you to our guests. To stay connected to host Laura Sanso, follow her at I am Laura Sanso or at the Laura Sanso podcast on Instagram. To learn more about Laura, go to www.laurasanso.com.